Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. We are sounding the alarm for the peril and the uncertainty that lie ahead. Our commitment is for the objective truth. As the watchman on the wall, we will call out whenever we see those that live in the fifth dimension attempt to put feelings and emotions in front of facts, in front of truth. We will call out the real motives of those living in the land of unlimited imagination. We will expound on the underreported facts, and we will attempt to unpack and explain the unexplainable. And I have the best at that today with Annette Baker. She's like the thoughtful one. Annette is on the air with us today. <laughs> Annette is an environmental science expert, and she's a homeschool teacher. She is also our Republican candidate for the Senate, the, the, the Pennsylvania 11th Senatorial District against Marxist Judy Schwank. And uh, this is a district that I, I, I and Annette both agree that Trump will win. And because of that, this is the perfect storm to take out Judy Schwank. And we're going to also take this time to welcome any of the Judy Schwank people that might be listening to our show so we can say hi to them and also hope that we that, that Annette can glean their support. Instead of voting for Judy Schwank, they'll cast their vote for Annette as the most qualified person to be on the Pennsylvania State Senate. Well, welcome to the Watchmen, Annette. Back, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thank you very much. Glad to be back. Well, it's great to have you back, and uh, great to be listening to your thoughtful answers and some of the stuff we're going to be talking a little bit about today. Let's jump into something here. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk about what's going on right now with the, uh, you know, the COVID, the, the vaccination. Trump made an announcement that he's contracting with Pfizer, the, the pharmaceutical company Pfizer, to produce 100 million doses starting in December, uh, 100 million doses of vaccination. He's opted, and they've opted to produce another half a million doses, but 100 million doses, he's contracted to produce these doses. And what's interesting is there's five other vaccine candidates. One is the Pfizer vaccine, and that... I guess that prioritize America first. They'll be made right here, okay. And then of these other other vaccinations, we have AstraZeneca and Moderna, all of which the United States have control of and produce positive phase one results. So I think that's very encouraging. They're all working to cause the immune system in the body to produce neutralizing antibodies to fight the virus. So. They're working, folks. We could have something in the works here. And Trump could have, well, he's planning on it because he's already contracted with Pfizer to uh, have 100 million doses produced starting in December. He's going to be making that announcement, my guess, is around September in that, probably around the same time that we're announcing Peter Strzok's going to jail. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a very busy, busy August and September Um for the Trump team, for, you know, obviously the FBI, I heard something today where they commented about, uh, I guess there's um, some question as to when uh, announcements need, need to be made um, prior to the election uh, for any indictments that may be coming down. So it's going to be a very interesting time for sure. Um, and, you know, as far as the uh, vaccines go, it, things are, are promising. Um 
we'll have to see how they progress through the the clinical trial phase. Um, that's always something that is is a little bit of a concern because you can you know model it out and and kind of look through things um, statistically, but you just never really know how it's going to respond until you actually start trying it. So that's that's the next step. But it's interesting that the president has positioned the United States um, to be able to manufacture a working vaccine as quickly as possible. And that, and that, um, and that, and that, and that is something that is generally not done. But in that, I mean, now you just said that it's generally not done. Now I want to get into this because I'm kind of excited. So I'm going to get out over my skis a little bit on this, but that's going to help me out. I mean, you see God's hand in all this, Annette? Oh, well, I mean, absolutely. It's amazing, actually, how it's just, it's one of those things, you know, to think about having President Trump in the position that he's in, um, being a businessman, looking at things, you know, he's used to making those kinds of decisions. And I was thinking back a couple of days ago, I was talking with a couple of different people and I said, could you imagine what we would, what things would have been like under a President Hillary Clinton? <laughs> um, it could have been a very different situation that would have been an absolute nightmare, in my opinion. I, I just I don't understand. Well, well Annette, Annette, I mean, I could take a stab at it. I would think that, you know, we'd be looking at, you know, vaccines coming from China at huge costs instead of being manufactured here in the United States. Yes. Um, saying, or, you know, maybe in the Ukraine, because, you know, they did contribute a lot of money to the the Clinton Foundation. Yeah, let's um, let's, let's, so, continue, let's continue to take a stab at what would have happened had Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton been president in 2016. Do you think we would have gotten rid of all the red tape that produces these vaccinations? Do you think we'd have gotten something so quickly? Oh no, no. The the, the amount of red tape that was there, I I think you know it was it's amazing. Um, it probably would have been enough to wrap the uh, Washington Monument in red tape. Uh-huh. Um, it's just amazing to think about the, the changes that have happened um, because we've needed to make them. And and I, th- I think that and I hope and pray that whoever uh, is is recommending the decisions and, and the changes, that they are looking at um, – how to do it as safely as possible, and I assume that they okay. are. I, I'm, um, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm 100% confident that we can get rid of bureaucracy and still maintain the integrity and safety of the of the of the vaccination. Look, bottom line is, Trump got rid of the government red tape, and I'm gonna. The, the, these are the unnecessary steps that were put in place to push American pharmaceutical companies through the proverbial hoop. And producing anything. Now, you know, the bottom line is, this is why we've always had difficulties producing drugs and things because of the of the red tape that was produced. A lot of the the Democrats came up with the with all these government regulation or, you know, government bureaucracies, the new departments, whether it's the Department of Education, the Department of Energy, the Department of Environmental Protection. Or, 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 or all these other, I mean, we, we needed, see, I want you to understand something. We needed to have a, de- department, of, a department of Environmental Protection because we, we had to have some oversight on, you know, environmental protections. We needed to have the Food and Drug Administration. We had to have it. I mean, because 
You've got mm-hmm. to have oversight. I'm not saying you don't need any oversight. Annette and I are not saying we don't need government oversight. We have to have some oversight, but you have to have reasonable oversight from reasonable people. And you cannot, but instead what you've had is these bureaucrats trying to preserve their bureaucratic position by creating more bureaucratic positions so they can create more jobs and more people that are going to vote for the people that are going to preserve these government agencies. They've actually made a department, if you will, the Department of Environmental Protection. They've weaponized it to the point back when Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden were running it. There were laws in place that that could declare your front yard a national wetland. People don't understand that. But what happens when you weaponize environmental protection, you can, anything's possible. Well, it's the same thing with Food and Drug Administration. They made it impossible to produce these things. So what Trump did was he cut through the red tape. He says, look, give us a, give us a vaccination that's sufficiently tested, that we know is safe, and put it out there. And don't sit there and tell me we got to run it through all these other programs because, because they're there. We can simply say those programs aren't necessary. We can, by, by definition, cut out the fat. And that's what Trump did. And, what's, and, and, again, and again, it's just amazing to me because this is how you know God's hands in all this. Because as this election's coming in, and as we're watching Trump fever take off all across Berks County, Annette can attest to that, and that's out campaigning every day. She sees Absolutely. Trump fever firsthand, folks. She's witnessing the, the beloved president and how Republicans see him, as well as some independents and some Democrats. And, and believe me, when Gallup came out and said 2% of Democrats approved of Donald Trump, Annette asked the question, I guess they weren't asking the Democrats that I'm talking to, because Annette's seeing about 3 out of 10 or 2 out of 10 Democrats supporting the president. Now, folks, it's not exactly, you know, a firestorm of Democrats, but she is seeing support of Democrats for the president. And she's seeing at least half of independents. So, I mean, what we're seeing is a landslide victory for Trump. What Joe Biden is seeing is a landslide victory for Trump. I think Joe Biden may end up voting for Donald Trump himself. Annette, what are your thoughts on this? Sort of like Judy Schwenk voting for you. She's going to realize it's time for a change. What do you think? What do you think, Annette? <laughs> well, I think uh, I think that, um, you know, the former vice president, sadly, uh, is a little confused because he said he was going to be Joe Biden. So apparently he will be voting for Donald Trump. Um, Didn't he call Arizona? Didn't he call Arizona a city? Yeah, yeah, he he did, and he um, also had um, referred that he was, you know, running for senator. Um, So I guess he's going to hold a dual position of both senator and president. Um, But you know, I mean, honestly, you know, we're joking about it, you know, in, in a way, but. It's sad. Um, it just seems like he is he is very confused about certain things, and and I do feel sorry for him because I you know to a degree, to a degree I do feel sorry for him. Ultimately, it's we don't want him as president. We don't want we don't want absolutely the not as president. Okay, and that's just the bottom line. Yeah, we and that's right, and that's what I'm I'm referring to. Is you know the, it's the people pulling the strings. It's the vice presidential pick that everyone really needs to focus on, because I believe that the vice presidential pick is going to be extremely important um, because, you know, obviously there there is uh, some issue. There are some issues there. Well, let's talk about 
let's talk about that for one second, Annette. Some of the issues he had, he suffered two brain aneurysms in the late 80s, and people don't survive one, let alone two. I mean, Annette, how serious is this? How serious is this? Yeah, they they are uh, they can be very serious. Uh, it can be very debilitating. Um, depends on where they happen in the brain. Depends on how severe they are. Um, you know, there's obviously something that's going on um, with uh, his inability to recall information. Um, everyone goes through that, and sometimes that can be related to illness. Or can, you know, in terms of just having been sick, being dehydrated, there can be different issues that way. Um, but the fact that it's continued is definitely something that is a concern. Um, you know, so so that is is you know what I think what people need to to take a look at is you know there there is a history of having had some significant medical issues and now the continuation of his inability to remember and recall certain things. Um, you know, my concern is, you know, what, what's it going to be like for, you know, who is going to be the person that's actually going to be running the country? Is it going to be a behind the scenes situation where I think, he I will think be the that- figurehead? Annette, um, I'll tell you, Annette, what we're seeing right now, the prop, the propaganda is doing what they can to cloister Biden off, but it's they just can't do it for long. And as this as this election season goes on and on, see, Trump's tracking right now. Trump is tracking right now almost identical to where Barack Hussein Obama was tracking in 2012. Uh, he's either two points up or two points down, but he's right in the window of where Barack Hussein Obama was. And they know that when this campaign really kicks off, that Joe Biden's going to have a tough time. And they also know that the, the Bull Durham report's going to come out. They also know the American people are going to get a very, very good view of what happened with this with this uh, impeachment attempt, if you will. I should say this coup attempt by the deep state. They're going to get a little picture of this. But the, they're also going to get uh, they're also going to get a picture of a distinct the difference, a distinct difference spelled out between Trump, America first and Donald Trump. And globalism first and make China great again, Joe Biden. They're going to get a very strong description of difference between the two. It's going to be a direct contrast of each other. They're going to see the contrast. It's going to be very clear. And they know it. They know that in spite of all of this, that Trump is hanging on to his numbers. Trump has not lost his support. Republican support is through the roof. And they know it. And I'll tell you what we know because we do these community we do these community roadside signups and these events and these throughout Berks County. As I said on the last show, we've done four of these events, and we've handed out about seven hundred signs and in, in about ten hours of total work, folks. We've we've met seven seventy people an hour, seventy people an hour. That's more than one per minute for ten hours on four different occasions and we were handing out Trump yard signs and signing people up for the Burke's Republican Committee newsletter. Folks, people are excited about the Republican Party. They're excited about Donald Trump. They're excited about the reelection. And when we were setting up and they're coming to us at one and more than one per minute, like that is five every four minutes, if you will. That's very exciting. Annette, I mean, you see it. I mean, we've been talking about it and that's been part of this. And uh, we were in a very good, we were in a very big Democrat stronghold 
in the in the uh, township of Muhlenberg. And I'll tell you what, there's 60 percent Democrats in Muhlenberg and the, the reception we got for Trump and for Annette. Well, that was just exciting. And I think we're going to continue to be uh, see exciting results coming forward. But I wonder and, and how this election is going to unfold, I think, with the issues coming out and Trump controlling the narrative, he'll masterfully control it going forward. You got to remember this. Trump is the same guy that beat the New York tabloids. If he can beat the New York tabloids in the 80s without an Internet, without a Facebook, without the Internet, he can certainly beat the fake news prop to propaganda with an Internet and with social media. So don't miss that, folks. But I wanted to jump a little bit into what's going on now. You see these you see the Democrats wanting to fight alongside the with their allies and the and the fake experts and the prop to propaganda fake news. They're wanting to fight the companies who are producing remdesivir, they want to set prices and confiscate the treatment. I, I know. I mean, you're seeing they want control of this. Now, the, I mean, if the government was able to confiscate this treatment, it would de-incentivize the company produce it. I mean, Annette, you remember, I mean, Annette doesn't remember. I remember a little bit more than her because I'm a little older than Annette. <laughs> But I mean, uh, the the gas rationing in the early 70s, I mean, that just drove prices through the roof. Look, folks, don't miss this. You know, right now, the Democrats are trying to get control of these companies producing remdesivir. And um, Annette, what are your thoughts on this? Why are they doing this? And, you know, why are they going after the big pharma when they're producing I mean, Trump deregulated everything. He deregulated a way through the bureaucratic red tape, as we discussed earlier, for these companies to produce and innovate in a timely way. He's done this, as we talked about. You know, I mean, and I think it's been true all along that he could cure cancer and they would still find something to spin a negative story about him. But, I mean, Annette, what are your thoughts on this and why are they taking this approach with these biopharmaceutical companies? Well, I think that, you know, you see um, this is the, the continual struggle between moving to a socialist communist uh, network, you know, a, a framework versus a constitutionalist capitalist model. And, you know, this is if anyone's ever read the book uh, um, um, Atlas Shrugs by Ayn Rand, um, if you've never read it, it's a huge book. It's like probably uh, I don't even know, 1300 pages long. It's 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 a very big book. But it is one is one of the best books that explains in fictionalized form the push and pull between moving socialism, in, infiltrating socialism into the business world. And, and in the book, it talks about this very idea of a government coming in and taking over private business and saying, this is how you're going to operate from now on. Now, and you're right. It takes away the incentives. Um, for development and, and, um, innovation, because let's be honest, the majority of people want to be able to create something so that they can become wealthy. Most people, if they're really honest, um, even if they're philanthropic with, with what they do with their money after they become rich, that, you know, or wealthy enough that they can spend money that way, they will tell you, you have to get to that point before you can start giving it out in large chunks um, to, to other people and to be able to have money to do that. Uh, a lot of people look for 
a particular product or a niche business, something that they can do to be able to establish themselves and, and make sure that they have uh, money coming in that they can then do what they really want to do with it. Well, and that is the idea of, you know, with taking those businesses away, taking that incentive away by taking over the remdesivir. It's interesting because remdesivir is about $3,200 per treatment for a patient. Hydroxychloroquine, which they said doesn't work, but which does work when you add it, add with it uh, zinc and vitamin C and um, an antibiotic, they found uh, that works very well, is about $50 per patient. So there's a very strong incentive to go with the more expensive treatment because let's, you know, they want to make money. We understand that. So why are the, the Democrats the $50 doing treatment? But, but, but why are they doing this in that? Well, why do you think they're doing this, the Democrats? Is it because it's in their DNA to just run things and take over and tell us how to live and how to make money and how much we're able to make and how much they're going to entitle us to earn and profit? Is that is that why? Or is it because it's a more nefarious thing that they're wanting to they want to de-incentivize de- de- the pharmaceutical company and they want to go without treatment so they can go longer with this hyped up fear uh, we had uh, we had our publicity chair Donna Merritt on at the last show, and she was talking about what's going on over there in, in the uh, Caribbean and how they've created a police state and how these people, mm-hmm. their entire world is 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 dependent on tourism, and they have shut down this tourism. Uh, they've taken away mm-hmm. these people's rights and abilities to earn money. And when they and when we do that, when we take away the ability to earn money and we take money away from people, we then make them surgically attached to the government for for sustenance. So do you think that they're doing this to to just keep back the, the therapy treatments that can help patients so that people will be in, in other words, keep the hyped up fear longer so they can keep the government flattened, the economy flattened longer? What I mean, is that their motive or are they just are they just in their DNA and just absolutely incompetent? I mean, what, what is it? <laughs> uh, all of the above, maybe. Um, yeah, I would, I would agree. I think that, you know, obviously right now, um, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've talked to people that have said, yeah, this COVID thing is going to go away on November 4th. Um, it'll automatically miraculously not be a problem and everybody can go back to their life. And, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily true, um, but it is interesting to hear, you know, that there is definitely, it's a multi-pronged approach, I think. And you are correct. The, the more that we rely on government, the less we are individuals. And it seems that there are particularly, there, there's a lot of people on the progressive side um, that love big government, want big government to um, basically control and, and um, have a huge input and control over our daily lives. Um, To me, this is an opportunity for them to be able to decide this is, this is the way it's going to go. Now it's very interesting. We did mention a few shows back that there are biomedical ethicists who are saying that people who refuse to wear masks and then get COVID should be denied medical treatment. That may be another side of why they want, why certain entities want, to be able to control all of the potential vaccines and treatments for 
COVID. Well, let's let's seamlessly shift gears here, okay? Let's seamlessly shift gears here. Well, you and I have talked about contact tracing and, of course, mm-hmm. why the government wants contact tracing. And contact tracing, folks, just for people that want to understand what it is, when someone has COVID, has been diagnosed with COVID, what they have is they now have what they call contact tracing. So they get with that COVID patient to find out who these people have been in contact with. And then, of course, they further that by saying who of these people, who was in their orbit, okay, over the last month. And so what they're going to do is crawl through the lives of anyone that not just has had contact with these people, but have have been in the same town as these people, okay? And I think what's interesting on this is the contact tracing is the way they do this. Now, this will dovetail to the ambulance chasing lawyers who are not who want to prevent the the uh, in the protections of lawsuits from companies from being sued by people who somehow come down with COVID and they can maybe prove that they got the COVID in this place of business, whether there is a worker or there is a as a customer, and through contact tracing they'll get the quote unquote evidence for the ambulance chasers. I think all of this is nefarious for the bigger picture of sinking our economy. And look, don't miss this. They are using this as an attempt to sink our economy, folks, to flatten this economy, to take over this economy, and to literally turn this into a government-run state. I mean, they want to to retool capitalism in some freakish fifth dimensional twisted version of theirs i mean this is scary stuff and i'm going to say this i'm going to make a blanket statement not every democrat is a socialist my sisters are not but when you're a democrat whether you're a socialist or not doesn't matter because when you're elected you become part and parcel to a party platform And the Democrat platform is, by definition, socialism and Marxism. It is, by definition. They have have woven into this platform plank after plank, thread after thread is in this fabric of government takeover of, of private lives. And make no mistake about it, this contact tracing is part of it. We need to resist contact tracing. And we certainly need to resist the election of Democrats by running qualified Republicans against them. And for all those listening to the show, Annette and I say hello to you. And all those listening that are from the Judy Schwenk campaign, hello again. Welcome to the show. And please support Annette Baker because it is time for a change. We invite Judy Schwenk on this show. We'd like to have her on this show. I think Annette and I would like to chat with her. So we have an open invitation for Judy to be on the show. And we'll make that known. So if you're listening and you know Judy Swank, please reach out to her. Um, Annette would like to talk to her on the show. Right, Annette? Sure. I think that would be fun. (laughs) Well, listen, we are out of time. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. Thanks for being with us today on The Watchman. Okay. We appreciate you listening. A lot of our audience listens to us while they're in the listening area by just tuning in during listening hour time. But some like to just pick us up on podcasts, and we have our expert directors in charge of the show. They put those podcasts up right away, right after the show, so you can pick them right up, and you can listen to them at your leisure and at your convenience. 
The podcasts are on the website, 1180WFYL.com. By clicking on the the podcast tab, you will see our show, The Watchman. You will pick it up there and listen to the podcast. Others pick it up on YouTube by just going to YouTube. You can find it there by searching at 1180WFYL there. Others listen to the show live by clicking listen live on YouTube or listening, clicking listen live on the website, 1180WFYL.com. However you listen to us, Annette and I appreciate it. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Clay Brees for Annette Baker. See you next week on The Watchman. Goodbye for now.